you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder? Dirty piece of slime, you scum-sucking pig, you son of a motherless goat. You are physically repulsive, intellectually retarded, vulgar, insensitive, selfish, stupid. You have no taste, a lousy sense of humor, and you smell. Take this quarter. Go downtown and have a rat gnaw that thing off your face. How do you write women so well? I think of a man, and I take away reason and accountability. If I wanted a joke, I'd follow you into the john and watch you take a leak. Broadcasting from the Live Network Studios in West Atlantic City, New Jersey, it's the Quizzo Trivia Podcast with your hosts Nick and Drew. To participate, tweet us at Quizzo Podcast or send us an email at info at quizzopodcast.com. That's Q-U-I-Z-Z-O. Now, let's get to the show. Who wants the sex provolone? <laughs> Did you go into uh, any shows with that this week? Because I said it like five <laughs> times at least. Who Wants a Sex Matumbo was big on my list there. All right, so welcome to the Quizzo Trivia Podcast, everybody. Nick and Drew and a special guest that we'll introduce in just a second back with you. Just want to make sure we get the uh, the full intro effect in. Uh, and Nick, this is a busy, busy week in the world of trivia because it is heading into the start of summer. Everybody loves summer, so... When you uh, write trivia for a living, Drew, the world is your oyster, man. It is everywhere. You just have to open your eyes to it. There, there's no question, but it's just a good time of year. You know, you feel positive vibes uh, all around. It's a, it's a time to be happy, to celebrate, to talk about all kinds of good things. And it got me thinking about lots of different topics. And one of them was the topic of, you know, the Caribbean and the beaches and just kind of enjoying uh, the flavors of summer. And it brought to mind one of my my oldest and dearest friends, one of our oldest and dearest friends who's out there in the world. A guy's got one of the most interesting lives in the world because not only is he a, a brilliant and talented stand-up comedian, but he does it more often than not on cruise ships. So if you've ever been on a cruise and you get those, uh, those really interesting uh, – uh, flyers and it's like, hey, go see a stand-up comic before you get to see a mini circus de soleil. Uh, this is your guy, and he keeps crowds laughing time after time again. So we're going to welcome to the program uh, a friend of the show, the first official friend of the show, Steve Bruner. Steve Bruner, how hey, are you Steve, doing? Hey, Steve, what's up? Hey, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks for inviting me. All right, welcome, Steve. So uh, Drew brought up the topic of cruise ships. Now, I know the last time we talked, you were doing about a week, a month on the cruise ships. Is that still... Your schedule? Yeah, it's still uh, working out about 12 times a year, give or take, and uh, venturing uh, all across this globe, because no. apparently there's uh, water on two-thirds of this uh, marble we're at. It and, is. Um, According to Kevin Costner, it'll eventually be Waterworld. I think we're, we're reasonably oh, uh, sure yeah, right that's going to But right now we're happen. at about uh, 80%, I think. Yeah, yeah. Even even more cruising industry opening then. So, so I'm going to ask you guys both this question, because, Steve, I'm assuming you know the answer, but maybe you don't. But um, uh -oh. this this will go to both of you. Do you know the two largest cruise ship companies in the world? All right. Well, I'm, I'm I sure think Steve knows I this. do. Net, what about you? You want me you to take a shot first? Since I think Steve probably knows this. All right. I'm going to go em. with Norwegian as one of them. 
Norwegian Cruise Line. That is. I think that's an error. That is incorrect. Oh man, I'm already going. That is incorrect. You're out. Let's see, Steve. What do you got? Uh, I'm going with uh, Royal Caribbean. That is number one, number two on the list. That is number two on and the then, list. And then I would say number. One, Nick, did you want to take a stab at? Number <laughs> I'm going to take a I, shot I, at. Uh, I'll go with Carnival. Carnival, yep, number one yep. on the list. All right, good. I got I one. Think that's accurate. Now I'm going to tell you guys something super interesting about Carnival. It's definitely something for you Quizzo followers that you're going to hear in an upcoming game. I don't know how it's going to be done, but. Carnival has the distinction of being the only company listed on the New York Stock Exchange and the London Stock Exchange, uh, both in the S&P 500 and the FTSE 100 indices, because it has this weird build where it's really two companies operating as one, but one in the UK, one in the US. Uh, so okay. it's, it's wow. you know, because obviously most of what it does is at sea. <laughs> so, right. okay. you know. Well, here's the little thing that I uh, – the reason I grabbed onto those two is Carnival owns uh, a, a princess, and sure. they're huge as well. And then they own, I think, a couple other that I'd have to actually go back to my little dealie. And then uh, Royal Caribbean owns Celebrity, which is also a giant. You got it. Whereas Norwegian sort of uh, is a standalone. And then there's myriad other – Right, so I had no idea of any of that. Have you ever taken a cruise, yeah. Nick? Yeah, I believe uh, I was with you one time on a three-day. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, In fact, we, I, Steve, I think we had dinner with you and Carlos on that trip when we went to Zingalati. Yeah, it was yeah, a, yeah. a cruise that, yeah, it was a cruise that left at a long, uh, Long Beach sure. and uh, went Fort around. Now we're going to tell you a quick story, Steve, about that cruise because that was something very, very interesting. It went to Mexico and back, and now it was a cruise, uh, basically a floating music festival, as a lot of these things, oh. um, you know, tend to be. Very popular, and he had a whole bunch of bands. The Flaming Lips were on there. Our buddies in Perpetual Groove were on there. And Nick and I were, uh, you know, as you remember, we owned the company that was recording all these concerts at the time. We were producing these live CDs. So we get on this cruise ship, and uh, it was, you know, three days uh, of just basically packed performances, day after day of turning out CDs. We didn't get to enjoy anything, but something tragic happened. And unfortunately, and I hate to laugh at this, but it was tragic in the most bizarre way uh, possible. Somebody overdosed on the cruise while we were in Mexico, I think it was. Uh, so yeah. when we got back to port, uh, we were greeted basically by, you know, the police. The and FBI. The FBI, there, I think, yeah. was involved because it was like an international incident on the cruise or something oh, like that. Boy. So when we got back to the port, they had to keep everybody there for like 10 extra hours that they weren't expecting <laughs> to be sitting People there. People are just miserable, miserable. sitting on that hungover from three days of partying. But I got to tell you, Steve. Oh. They all bought CDs. <laughs> so we grabbed, uh, <laughs> they had nothing to do. You know those carts that they use, the Bellman use? Yeah, the Bellman carts We, we for loaded luggage. them up with boxes of CDs and just the went sil- like, the silver lining. We were the, the only thing for traffic. sale. We were literally the only thing for sale. That's, oh. uh, I mean, that's <laughs> that's what it came down to. But, um, yeah, that was the Zingalati cruise. I remember that a long time ago. So. Uh, it, it does, it, you know, that was good that you picked that up, but it's, um, you know, interesting. Yeah, I think I did a Norwegian cruise one time to, like, Haiti, uh, Cayman Islands, Mexico. I don't know if you ever did that sure. run, yeah. Steve, but uh, sure. it was beautiful. I got lots of cruise stories to tell over time. But so, Steve, do you have, like, the your preferred, um, like, is it a single cruise ship that, um, uh, that employs you, or is it one line and you go on different ships, or, or how does it normally work with your booking? Well, I'm kind of a whore, so whoever uh, whoever the has the week open and uh, needs a, a little bit of comedy, and uh, they so I, I kind of I have an agent, uh, fa- fabulous uh, 
group out of Florida, Don Casino Productions, in case they're listening. Absolutely. Uh, Please listen. Please listen, Don Casino Productions. We encourage it. We'll take every listener we can get. I'll mention them. And uh, and they they see my schedule and what I've got going and uh, whose birthday I can miss and all that kind of stuff. And uh, they say, oh, he's got this week open and we've got uh, seven days to New Orleans. Let's throw him in Florida and get him off in uh, Galveston. And, uh, they, they fit my schedule kind of like that. I, I so, would I would guess that becomes a good thing to the extent that you're not doing the same route with the same ports yeah. and the same thing sure. every single time. And it's like, you know, this this bizarre world where you see everybody experience everything you know, like I, new again I just had to uh re-up my my global entry pass that sure, fabulous, sure. Uh, if you guys know and travel out of the country at all yeah i'm about to head to canada and they want to get me for 50 bucks to sign up for five years so that i can like wait 20 minutes extra less in line to to get into canada it, so i don't know if i'm gonna do that or not you, but i'm tempted uh, i'm is, tempted it is a great great uh, deal for me because i'm flying in from sure. mexico i'm flying in, in from belize or whatever and and there's just a line a global entry uh line where you fill out the thing and anyway mine's up this year and so i had to re uh, fill out the form and fortunately they have a drop down menu because they say where have you been in the last five years and so i had to go through and go. Oh my goodness! That, that, <laughs> I've been I've been a lot of a lot of places. Should we so, cue Johnny uh, Cash? Should it be like I've been everywhere? But like yeah. you know, like the small comedic version of that with all like these various markets. You know, like yeah, dem- like 40, 42 countries and uh, a couple that wow. well, might not invite forty two countries. Yes. Yeah, there's forty two was- countries that speak English. That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> well, well. Or have you I acquired jokes in other languages? Is that possible? I played n- n- none yet. Uh, <laughs> no chistes in Espanol, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm tr- uh, pretty much the people on board. Uh, America is still uh, number one in exporting travel, apparently. So there That's are awesome few... though. Yeah, so it's great. Uh, people take a around the world cruise, and I get on halfway and go through the Suez Canal or something, and. Uh, knock off five countries that way and so yeah it's it's pretty good if you're an entertainer do they treat you better than like the staff because you always hear the stories of how the staff live in like basically bunk beds and these sort of like you know sardine can conditions do you get like uh passenger treatment or something less than that or how, how does it work with uh, the entertainment I, uh, well one i gotta you know maybe stick up for the bread and butter they 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 definitely um have i'm sure there are sardine situations it might no, be that's, better to... that's just a cliche i don't know that sure, it's sure. true i just it know might that be that's... a better <laughs> it might be better than a than a than a fishing boat in the arctic but uh but there are i was picture the scene I, from I, the titanic where they're all having fun underneath while oh, it's yeah, all yeah. stuffy it's like, it's like scenes from dirty da- scenes from dirty dancing down there while like <laughs> yes. everybody else is you know is doing ballroom every, dancing every upstairs every, irish jug band in the basement dirty dancing in titanic that's exactly what yeah, um, it's like my favorite it's, girl from Caddyshack, Maggie. You know, she she works oh, on every cruise ship in the world. There's one of her. <laughs> you know. Oh, got Danny. it, got it. it. It's it's I get kind of treated well. I get a porthole, and but they're I'm usually in a room that they can't sell uh, because it's behind a crew door, but it's appointed in a passenger uh, situation. There's a little fridge and nice people around and some carpet on the floor and. Those are like the living social rooms I get sent every single week. It's like, you can be on this cruise ship tomorrow. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. I always assume that's a scam. No, no. That's, really? It's, I, I just, you know, I think, I, no, they're, they're, they treat 
uh, entertainers pretty well. And there is a difference between having a week-long contract and a six-month-long contract. I think they they work that a little bit better. I've never been in that situation, so I can't, can't speak. But I do know they're, most people are pretty happy to have the gig, whether they come from a different section of the world or, or not. I, I, I know some guys that are so grateful to have been working for the Lions for 10, 15 years, put their brothers and sisters through college and their kids, sure. and uh, it's it's different. So uh, I, I've, the reason I got into it is they offered me a, a, a work a year from the first week. Like I worked a week and then they say, Hey, we've got 12 months ahead that we're booked. Did you want? And I went, wait, yes. I'm in showbiz. There's no security. <laughs> yes. What are you talking? I like security. Give me some, please. <laughs> I will sign up for that. I've never had it. So I think that's how I got into the host and trivia. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when, when Nick and I, you know, we, you know, Steve was uh, just uh, for the fans out there was an early investor in, in our uh, concert uh, business. And, you know, before it ever morphed into trivia, um, sure. and, and it's, uh, I believed in you guys. I believed in you. Yeah, well, still Nick, do. Nick and I have been business partners since as long as that we've figured out, we've known each other, Steve, longer than we haven't. So, which means we've probably known you <laughs> oh, yeah, longer we than we haven't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. We're, we're, we're at that point now. So like the, but the difference between trivia and the concert business is night and day and the security that you get from bars paying you every week to show up and ask questions. Like it, right. it's, it's a bizarre thing, but it's a beautiful thing too, because it's so consistent. It we see the same people every week and they're pumped for it. You know, uh, oh, that's that's one of the nice things about it. I and let me ask you this question, because I know with um, my hosting trivia, I tend to use the same corny jokes week in, week out. Uh, they're very small and very, very subtle. I don't use them often, mm. but it's like, uh, you know, I have like my go to things, which are sure. Uh, I don't know. They give them away. Back. But when you go on these cruise ships, do you fear that anyone's heard your material or do you just like bring your A stuff to uh, the table every single week because every week is a new deck and, well, and new people. Uh, I have a question that goes along with that. Okay. Actually, how oh, many good. times are you performing in the week? Is it is it oh, nightly? Yeah, yeah. So you're playing they, to a different it is crowd? Not, it's not labor-intensive, guys. I don't want this to get out there. Well, I do because it's your podcast. But uh, it is – I'm doing like two or four shows. So there's different seatings. So somebody will go to a 6.30 dinner and they'll see an 8 o'clock show. And somebody will go to an 8.30 dinner and they'll see a 10 o'clock show. Okay. And there's a couple of those during the week? Uh, what's that? Is there a couple of those during the week? Uh, and, so then, and then, yeah, yeah. And there's and then there's another one. So maybe like two different 40-minute sets. So it, it's taken me some time. And it has to be on some lines, uh, you know, effectively clean because you're per- performing from eight, 8 to 80 and, and different uh, 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 demographics. All right, well, that's uh, very interesting because um, Drew and I are definitely in the same boat when it comes to not exactly knowing where our audience is going to be age-wise. Sure, I mean, sure. We're, we're in family restaurants and then we're also in places yeah, after we're, we're in Applebee's are... and we're in, you know, rowdy kind of craft beer bars sure. that, are, that are the antithesis sure, sure. of that. But What's interesting is, you know, we have to kind of tailor uh, the game and, like, you know, music rounds, things like that to a very, very wide audience. What about team names? That is something that I struggle with all the time. Like, I'll have a team name that's funny. The dirtiest team names. The dirtiest. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah, yeah. Just teams that come up with stuff that they expect me to say that it's like, I can't say that in front of kids, guys. Come on. Right, but then if there's no kids in there, you can kind of let it go. But obviously we don't do – Flat out like curse words in names no. are off limits, but when they they know, try to outdo each other way. every single week, you wouldn't believe like some of the the things like, people uh, come up with. What Harry Balzania. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> yeah, do you sure. let that go? 
<laughs> right. Can you, can you get that one on the mic without worrying about it? Like, my favorite was this team in Long Beach Island once that said, this is the team name they want. What's long, green, and smells like pork? Kermit the Frog's Finger. And that's what they <laughs> wanted that, as the yeah, entire right. team name. And I was like, oh, guys, boy. just like, I'm calling you Team Kermit on the mic. You're not going to like that, but that's what's going to happen. So, it. like, I'm not, I'm not saying well, that. You know, like, that's a well-thought-out joke. Don't get me wrong. I'm very impressed that you spent, yeah. I don't know how long coming up with that. So, but. Steve, how do you police yourself when you have a funny thought or, yeah, 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 like, like, what's what's the line? Do you have you a know, specific I, thing been... you well, like I assume I you're not like Louis not... C.K. starting, you know, uh, with rape and various other like incredibly controversial. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think my controversy scale is uh, somewhat lower than Louis C.K.'s. Uh, certainly, on the <laughs> I would hope. Maybe that's yeah, and I think that's just the way I think. We're not prudes, fellas. I know we know sure, what's sure. out there and all that, but but you know, I'm 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 feeding myself and paying the mortgage. And oh, I'm so a I'm a big fan of being funny without having to be dirty. I th- I think some of the most brilliant funny out there is is just you know stuff that has nothing to do with uh, with with bringing it into the toilet. So and and that, I get you know I get by on that Quizzo. You need that. You need I'm, that. Element. I'm good both ways. So I just always thought in a certain direction. I think I only heard my dad actually swear twice. I think both of those times were at me, but um, <laughs> it, but I just didn't grow up with that kind of language. I certainly didn't, you know, hey, Pryor, it was part or I'm going to say Richard Pryor because he's revered, and sure. George Carlin were, were, uh, were guys that just grew up in a different, it was part of their vernacular. It's not part of mine. So for that section, I never thought it made a punchline necessarily funnier and so i didn't incorporate it and then my subject matter you know my life's pretty good i grew up you know dad was a physician mom was an accountant i didn't want i'm one of those weird i'm one of those weird comics that 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 didn't right you're not like a manic depressive begging for therapy five days a week it's just like living a very dark life i mean you know everybody's got their stuff but i'm saying like you generally are like you're a happy guy not necessarily a (laughs) You know. My comedy's a little happier. Good. It comes from a little happier place, and also, it ain't cutting edge. It, it's 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 observational comedy that I'm hoping more people can. Re- and let's face it, the yeah, guys on the cruise. Are, okay. Well, the, the people on the cruise are not. Um, they're not uh, uh, in want. This is a vacation atmosphere. They don't want to be brought down by hey people. Let's talk about right. They're not Sudan. doing like they're not doing like movie night with Schindler's List on a cruise ship. You yeah. know, trying to like depress <laughs> the hell out of people. Like they want like uplifting, fun stuff to do. I and think so, that's kind of where I fit, and I'm I'm blessed. I, I don't use that term too often, but I'm I'm so lucky. My life's been enjoyable, and 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 it's. And that's what I talk about. I've got a good marriage. I've got a pretty good life. I've got food on the table. I'm, I'm, of course, everybody's got problems. I just don't write comedy about them. Yeah, so, like, like when it. you were performing in places like the Comedy Store or the Improv, was there ever any pressure to be more edgy? Right. Or? Do, you, do you go the opposite sure. direction when you're in clubs and just, like, get no, all out the, I, the other stuff? I or? got <laughs> – I got into comedy probably because I didn't want to work all that hard to 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 to, uh, to come up with two completely different personalities with Steve Brunner. Uh, <laughs> but um, but when I when I started, yeah, I think my cl- cleanliness or whatever was kind of a novelty. And and it, uh, it what was good about it is all the guys that talked differently wanted me to set the table for him not all the guys but but plenty of them said oh yeah i love steve Brunner. he doesn't talk about anything i talk about you know and uh, so i got to open for a bunch of people in biker bars like you were saying sure, and sure. They, i was kind of a, like a what the heck is this guy so i'd start out with i think i had some beer jokes back in the day and just said and i look 
I kind of play the part. If if anybody goes to stevebruner.com, little plug that Please. I'm kind of we were going to do it I'm anyway. A, trust me, <laughs> clean cut guy. That uh, if if I went against type, you know, I'm I'm yeah, the I'm boy next door, Nick, but you, not the cr- you know <laughs> not this. the creepy boy next door with bodies buried in the backyard. I'm the boy next door that helped you carry your groceries in. So right, you're not the guy the from the like the Catch a Predator. What's what's the dude's name? <laughs> <laughs> I don't Chris, know Chris Hansen. I get what you're saying, right? Right, right. But no, it's. Uh, I, I think with stand-up comedy, I mean, it's such a a remarkable thing on so many different levels because they, people don't realize the very, very diverse markets that exist for stand-up com- comedians, but also the sure. the intense competition that's there. I mean, there's the corporate scene. Uh, you know, sure. there's there's people Which that do. I love. Right, Good sure, stuff, yeah. uh, and, and it's it's. Uh, I think you get a lot of these comedic purists that are like, oh, unless you're doing this or doing that, it's like that's all yeah. nonsense. Like people just need to make yeah. a living, and telling jokes is one of the purest forms of of entertainment you can do. I mean, I grew up in Catskill stuff, uh, Steve. So like, oh, yeah. you know, Jackie Mason and and uh, very very sticky type of jokes to use a, a very northeastern word um there but it's yeah. uh th- that stuff has its place and i think it's a, a good thing you know any way you laugh is a good thing i don't care what it is i this, uh, my i think the first comedy album i heard was my folks shelly berman and i just went what is this guy's job this is fa- he's people are quiet they're listening and all, all of a sudden they burst out in laughter i was like uh, oh fan this is fantastic and i got to meet him uh you know 30 years later and just say hey you you were one of huge the huge influence I I, yeah with huge influence and he was like oh i'm i'm so glad to have helped that's, that's my fantastic. terrible terrible shelly berman uh imitation but, <laughs> that's uh, awesome was, so tell us uh tell us what you got coming up for the summer plug some gigs uh where are you gonna be oh hey thanks yeah, yeah uh, please. Uh, morgan hill is coming up uh, this weekend that's in uh, northern california where i've moved i've had two gigs since i moved here it's it's fantastic and then uh some ships that it's always funny when you plug. I'm playing Alaska a great deal because during the summertime, oh, a bunch yeah. of ships go up there. That's the best. And then uh, the other stuff is kind of corporate-y, and uh, people can't come see it, and so they get mad <laughs> when I when I say, "Hey, I'm I'm playing in your town, and you can't come see me do comedy." And so, <laughs> you know, along the way, along the way, Nick, and uh, all these adventures, I recorded an album of Steve's and Carlos's. Yeah. <laughs> Was that in Cincinnati? It was in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, bananas? That the place? That's right. That's Jeez, right. And memory. It, it turned out quite quite well. I think it's still up on uh, on YouTube. Uh, uh, I send people to it when they want a little a little slice of. Uh, when you need Steve a little Bruner. Steve Bruner in your life, go to YouTube. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> yes, never enough, never enough, people. That's awesome. Well, Steve, thank you so much. Wait, By the Steve, way, before you leave, yeah, yeah, go all right. Please. Since this is a, the Quizzo podcast, it all relates to trivia somehow, right? Sure. So um, I don't want you to leave without talking about something because I'm fascinated by this, and to get a oh. comedian's take on it would be great sure. for the show. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, so here you go. Uh, what late-night host is actually being taken to court over charges of joke stealing? Oh, that that would be the very difficult case of Conan O'Brien. Yes, exactly and, uh, right. That's absolutely right. Do, do you know what the word is in question that caused this this uh, controversy? Well, there's actually well, three jokes it, that I Twitter, I've seen. yeah, three from a guy that's extremely prolific. Uh, I, I I I don't know the name offhand, but I I read about that when it was just you know it, it's hard to copyright a joke, but there's um you know uh, uh, if if we can uh, d- d- delve a little bit, the first guy that I ever I took a comedy class when I moved to San Francisco to find out 
what I was doing right and what I was doing wrong. Of, uh, I think he won the first San Francisco comedy competition named Jim Samuels, mm-hmm. and he owned the historic Holy City Zoo that I think back in the day Robin Williams might have even been a, a bartender. But anyway, it's wow. a fabulous little tiny comedy club, and by club, it's where all the comics sort of hung out. It was there, and uh, and and the other cafe were the San Francisco historic places. And so uh, he said there's only really – a, a couple things you can do if somebody's stealing your jokes and you can kill them <laughs> or, you can, <laughs> or, or you can write more jokes. And if you write more jokes, if you become a joke machine, then it doesn't really matter because they're going to know that this other guy is less uh, prolific, uh, right? You know, prolific, great word. Thank you. And, and on the Conan thing, he's got some of the best writers. Uh, I know Lori Kilmartin personally, and she's, just a gem of a writer and there's some other guys that are fantastic and i understand that you're influenced by the newspaper and i wrote for byron allen and and uh and a couple other tv shows and you're you're reading the same paper the other guys are now whoever gets it out first like this fellow with the fabulous twitter that that writes so many jokes man it's it's hard to judge but those jokes seem very, very similar, and in construction, and that's what I always judge. So I don't know if anybody took it. Conan has a great show. He's a great guy. Uh, he's helped so many comics, and he's been through his own uh, stuff that he didn't – first of all, he didn't know if the show right. knew. Maybe they need more filter. Right. No, there's, there's no, no way no Conan more. O'Brien's no going to put way. his reputation on the line no. at this point. First, um, first, when you're a right. writer in his position, you have to depend on your staff. You don't assemble that kind Correct. of staff to not use other writers. And if you're a well, writer on a daily show, you are combing every right. source in the world. Sure. So yeah, and some of these jokes, who, like, they write themselves. What, but... Like this Tom Brady <laughs> joke about giving the MVP truck to Pete Carroll. He's... You know, if you have Twitter and you can get it off instantaneously, it does seem like an obvious joke. The thing that seems strange to me is the Ka- the Caitlyn Jenner cold de sack list and the cold de no sack. Yeah. I mean that that just There's seems a... very coincidental. And the the Pete the Pete Carroll jokes also. First of all, they're funny jokes, or we wouldn't even be talking about them. So there's a lot of great creativity. Let me tell you that when I, I was one of the me and a friend. Uh, Jim Farrell, one of the funniest guys I've ever, we wrote for television for Fox and he was brilliant and I knew how to type. So it was a great team. (laughs) That's fantastic. uh, And and we, we submitted some jokes. We were on the submission list when Jay Leno was a guest host for the tonight show. So look how far back that is. And we sent 400 jokes a week. Wow. And one week he did like, and he did, I think, maybe six of our jokes in one monologue, and we were expecting – I think he was paying $75 a joke back then. And uh, we were expecting a big paycheck. And when we didn't get it, my buddy Jim Farrell called Big Dog Productions and said, hey, you know, you did six of our jokes, and, and we need to know because we're, we're submitting a lot. This is hard work for us. And Jay Leno called him and said, really, you, you submitted those because they're kind of – not derivative, but they're they're about topics of the day. And he went back and looked through all this fax paper, and sure enough, six jokes that we were talking about were highlighted by somebody, by a reader, and sure. they were submitted. And we didn't, and he sent us, I think, twice what we were expecting. Okay. And then, well, while he had Jim on the phone, he goes, "Hey, do you have any jokes about I don't know Mount Pinatubo or whatever?" And Jim had just written like half a dozen. He goes, Jesus, I, I just wrote jokes. Jim Mount Pinatubo I'm do jokes those too. Yeah, to prove that we were actually writers. 
and uh, Jim sent them, and, and he goes, oh, I love those. I'm, I'm doing those right now. Fax them over and got another paycheck, and and, <laughs> and Jim was like, God, I, I wish I accused him of uh, stealing every week. We doubled our but, – but guys like that took responsibility. J- Jay Leno used to be a big um, – maybe he still is a big uh, b- a comedy cop that sure. I think Joe Rogan has taken – uh, that role, yeah, yeah. Now and 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 more power to him. The guys with power got to do it. And I think if Conan uh, if comes to some agreement, uh, I, I don't know if anybody stole. I know Conan's a great guy. His writers are 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 pretty talented people. So it's yeah, going to be a tough. It's going to get hashed out. It is a very interesting question in terms of how Twitter affects intellectual property more than anything else. Like does. Sure. Does posting a tweet copyright something, uh, you know, sure. in effect? Which, which obviously it doesn't in terms of uh, actual U.S. law. Right, that's a good point. Ten years ago, um, this right, wouldn't even medium. be out there, right. so we wouldn't even be yeah. talking yeah, about you, it. You, because you would be talking about a fact that's level. highlighted. You could prove something a lot more tangibly as opposed to just like <laughs> mm-hmm. a thought that went out into the world. Plus, everybody I, out there fancies themselves a writer now. So, sure. you know, just because you put post something on Twitter doesn't mean anybody saw it, and doesn't mean they couldn't have had the same thought. I mean. And, I have good friends that if I, I, I hear them do a joke and I go, you know, I did that joke on we, we, when we were working together, you know, four or five years ago. How come you didn't tell me that we had? I think the thing to do when you're working in where I am is you walk up to your friend and say, hey, we just happen to have the same joke. It's, sure. Or, you know, or even I, just I'm ask, like, hey, can I can I take this and kind of, you know, use this in a different way yeah, or something like this? And... Of, I'm not a fan of, of necessarily somebody lifting but i think there's there's community well, I, I mean more no. like yeah right i mean more like I, you know i want to talk about this subject i know you talk about this right. subject but like this is this was the spin i was planning on putting on it is that all right with you because i know you broach yeah. it in your act more That's... more so than like hey i have this exact thing i'm just going to change uh, a word but you know it, it's <laughs> if you burger king to mcdonald's i'm not a fan of but the other thing is is if you're working with somebody professional courtesy is hey we we happen to have the same joke i know we don't work together but i don't want you here's the thing about me I don't want anybody seeing me ever and saying, hey, we have the same joke. How come you didn't tell me? So I always walk up and I happen to have the same uh, twist on a smoking, you know, the guy quits. Oh, so does that happen often where even comics who are a friend of yours have seen somebody else do something and then they'll let you know? Just so you know, they your observation have. of what pepperoni looks like is very similar to what my <laughs> observation of what pepperoni right. looks like. Right, which means I have to drop my pepperoni bit. Immediately. <laughs> it's immediately gone. Um, but you were talking about the, uh, the, the the you guys went on a I just finished a jazz cruise uh, that went to New Orleans and uh, sure. and it was it was a blast and it was uh, the a jazz cruise is way better than the Gregorian chant cruise. Nick and I, I on, so <laughs> man, remember those guys? Oh my lord, the Gregorian chant. What were they called? I can't remember. The monks uh, yes. of or the I'm drawing a blank, but yeah. Oh, absolutely. That album sold well in colleges in the For many years, Nick and I went to Jazz Fest uh, working, um, basically living in horse trailers, uh, producing live CDs for the masses uh, at Jazz (laughs) Fest. Oh, it's always horse trailers. (laughs) No, we weren't physically in the horse trailers, but we were certainly in the vicinity of horse trailers. trailers. No, we were in our own trailer, but they were like, you are going to produce these CDs in a horse stable. (laughs) <laughs> so it's it's back by the horse stable and cool. it's it, there were horses there as early as like three days prior to our arrival so <laughs> glamour 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 yeah it was something else um but uh you know good times from the new orleans jazz and heritage festival all right steve thank you so much thank for you. being the first guest Thanks, on our fellas. podcast and uh we will Thanks, certainly steve. catch up with deal. you soon 
And uh, check, check him out, stevebruner.com, everybody. stevebruner.com, that's B-R-U-N-E-R, correct, Nick? Yes? That's correct. You got it. Oh, looking, looking my incredible <laughs> spelling prowess. All right, Steve, we'll talk well to you done. soon. Take care. See you, guys. See you, Steve. Bye-bye. All right, so we thank Steve Bruner for that. There's actually no cut there, no cut. I'm just going right into uh, the rest of this. So that worked out well, I think, for the first uh, the first guest on our podcast. Uh, it was good to have Steve there. He's a... Uh, one of the funniest guys. Yeah, always great to catch oh, up with Steve. Fantastic. So, all right, Nick, let's uh, go through anything else you have for me or I have for you in the general knowledge world, and then we're going to fly wow, through man, some man, topics I'm as we just loaded. did half the show. Go for it. It's been, Hey, we could go as long as we need to, folks. That's the beautiful thing about the podcast. We're here for you. All right, so does the word Pippa mean anything to you? Yeah, of course it does. That's... <laughs> uh, uh, that's uh, the the, the did, sister of yes, uh, did, of the queen, the future queen of England. Correct? Did the word Pippa mean anything to you before no, 2011? It, it, absolutely when, not. Uh, she that's wore that the, dress to the wedding. That's the only time I've ever heard it. It's the only person I've ever heard it referenced. I've, I've never to. seen a maid of honor steal the show, especially at an Pe- event that were, big. It was the, all pe- the buzz. So what's what's up with Pippa? Is she off well, the market? Yeah, she's oh. actually getting married herself this week. Oh, so. It's horrible. Peace out, Pippa. All right. um, it could, it could yeah. have been. You could have been. You could have been the the queen of the Quizno Empire. Very interesting, though. That the guy that she's getting married to, right? His uh, career path. Okay. Started off a race car driver. <laughs> okay. Now a hedge fund manager. Fair enough. I mean, it's like the exact opposite of the guy I'm taking advice from, who's like <laughs> slow and steady, don't take any chances. Nah, I'm basically going to risk my life <laughs> driving from race cars 200 miles an hour. To hedge fund that. But it seems to be working out for him. I think the. The Rock is two hundred fifty thousand or something. You, you, so you don't get Pippa. Right. You don't get no. Pippa unless you're. <laughs> you gotta be doing all right. You gotta be packing if you're getting Pippa. So that's just how it goes. All right. So that's interesting. And Pippa's off the market, so all of you guys can check her off the list of uh, people you will never ever get to meet. Um, <laughs> I, I have an interesting one. Speaking of uh, okay. you know uh, of of wives and marriage and stuff like this, um, you know, there's uh, we don't get political on this show. I'm going to tell you that from right from the get go. The Quizzo podcast is an escape. Quizzo is an escape. We are not about ever espousing politics through uh, through trivia. We think if you know you're getting in that direction, it's the wrong thing altogether. So even on this podcast, I'm staying away from political trivia unless it's like historically speaking. All right, I'll do my best. To yeah, stay yeah, yeah. away but, from but, it. But, but, but some but things for, I can't for, help. I no, no, no. But for the most part, we're we're <laughs> that's the point of the show is is to be apolitical and not be on either side. Just to talk to you about trivia, be an escape, so to speak. But I did have a question, and uh, I, the question is that I it, I just don't think a lot of people know the answer to this question, which is what fascinates me about it. But do you know what country now with a different name Melania Trump was born in? Hmm. Well. She's the first lady of the United States. Yeah, I would say if you ask most people what country she's from, they have no idea. That is great. So I'm going to guess she's Eastern European. Right, but that's not a country. Right, I'm so, just trying to narrow it down. Right. She's not South African. No, there's okay. no question. Eastern, Eastern European. European. You did narrow it down there. All right, so she was born in a country that doesn't have the same name. Let's go with Slovenia. Slovenia, you got Did it. Did I get it? All yep, right. and, and of course... It's uh, possible I've seen that before, so, yeah, yeah. so that the, might not have been a total shot in the dark, but... Right, right, so the question that you might see, you might sure. see on a, on a possible Quizzo question, uh, not only has to do with Melania Trump, but also has to do with what that country used to be called, so look for that. I'm not going to give it away. Let's just... All right, it, so this is no Slovenia, but did you see uh, who was crowned Miss USA two years in a row? I did not, but I, I've heard a lot about it on Stern Show, and I just can't. I know there was like some sort of little controversy because of statements. The, the controversies are ridiculous. Did Miss New Jersey finish third? Is that what happened? Okay, uh, but this this place is Arizona. Nope. Who is it? 
Miss DC. Miss DC. So Two the 50 years first... in a row. Is it the same woman? No, no. Different woman. Just oh, wow. both from uh, DC. So, so from the smallest potential place right. in the entire uh, in the entire unit. Also my birthplace, if you're if you're ever curious. I was born in the United States, but not in any state. What place was I born in? There's a lot of different options for that. But uh if it's on the mainland in two years in a row. Ooh. Long odds there. That's crazy. So Miss DC. Uh, good for you. Um Oh, this was interesting. So you mentioned last week, or maybe it was two weeks ago, about uh, Anna Wintour being the Devil Wears Prada or the Met Gala. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, we are talking about uh, Anna Wintour. Yeah. You know, it got me thinking kind of like of the rock and roll version of that being the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in general and how that was all – how that all came together and who runs it. So I wanted to know if you know who the – basically the head of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame committee is hmm. and the – the link is he is also one of the longest running publishers in the world. Yeah, well, I was I was going to say the head of Rolling Stone magazine. Correct. So uh, do I know, don't know his name. Okay, his name is Jan Wenner. Okay, so makes Jan, sense to me. Jan Wenner has Heard been publishing before. Rolling Stone since what decade, Nick? This I should know. I mean, it's got to be the. Oh man, is it? I'm going to say it's since the 60s. It's 1967. You okay. got it. So same publisher, same At person, first, you know, John I, I hesitated for a second thinking was it not, not until the 70s. But Yeah, and, and we actually have a crazy different. link to that because when we started our first business, which was this concert recording business, and a lot of it was designed to kind of give bands the tools to – Oh, yeah, I remember this. Yeah, uh, we, we had somebody that was on our board of directors named Nathan Brackett, um, and mm-hmm. Nathan Brackett is now the publisher or the head editor of Rolling Stone magazine and has been for a long time. So you remember Nathan. Shout out to him, sure. uh, and uh, we'll certainly mention him as well. So uh, that's what I had in the general knowledge, Randy. Let's uh, hit sports. What do you got for me first? Let's go with that. Okay. So this is classic. Uh, Pac-Man Jones. Oh, Adam Jones. Love Adam you Jones. You know who he is? Of course I know who he is. Are you kidding me? Can anybody plead guilty better? Than Pac-Man Jones. Pac-Man Jones is a legend. Like, is, is this is a new one because that guy's been clean for a long time. Uh, we're, get, was... we're getting there. We're getting oh, there. Okay. All right, so who did the Bengals draft this year? Controversial. Right, Joe Mixon. Right, so they just keep taking chances on these guys, right? All the time. Keep taking chances on but these guys. But it's worked out. Like, Vontez Burfink had issues. He's been very good. They, you know, oh, they've gotten great. tons it's of guys great. that have worked so out. So I ask you this. True or false? Right. The Cincinnati Bengals have the longest drought in the NFL without a playoff win. Is that true or false? The Cincinnati Bengals so not have a playoff the longest appearance, but a playoff win. Drought in the NFL without a playoff win. Is that true or false? Gonna go true. Oh yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> so keep it up, Bengals. Keep your Pac-Man Jones. Keep your perfect who didn't he uh, blow a playoff game against oh, the Steelers they, two years they, ago that they, they had, had in the bag? And he just struck two of them, know, like, penalties I, in a row, like, three. Just keep like, doing oh, it. Oh, just, oh, my God. Yeah, those guys don't <laughs> ever blow up your face. <laughs> 26 wow. years without a playoff win. All right, so we're talking about long-running streaks. I've got one for you that fits right into that. Who is the longest-tenured coach in any of the four major U.S. sports? All right. So obviously brings you down to only a couple candidates, and that's what everybody's going to debate. And this is definitely one that you're going to see on the quiz no matter what. So it's, it's an interesting one. Hmm. Yeah, I have a couple in mind, but I'm going to have to go. I just I'll, I'll go with Bill Belichick. Belichick is not the correct answer. Okay. Who's who was your second guess? Um. Hmm. 
He's on the top three for sure. Okay. I wonder if I let's see. How long has um Popovich been there? That's the answer. Okay. Nineteen ninety six. All right. So. I was between those two, the top two. Yeah, Popovich, 21 seasons. I was, you know, when you're going through all four sports, it's a lot to yeah, kind of digest. You have to think, like, you know, hockey's or somebody I'm totally forgetting that's Well, been hockey there for, I wouldn't right. know anyway. Yeah, yeah but, but if somebody's was, uh, been there for 20-plus years, generally speaking, right. you would be like, all right, I'm aware of this person. So uh, that, was, that was what I had. But that's really an incredible run. The guy's good every year. The team's good every year. Uh, you know, they're, they're probably going to get killed by Golden State, but, you know. No, here's one for you in the hockey category since this is actually the sport in the four major that I, I know the least, but I do try to fit in trivia okay. at least one a week. Or if sure, not, sure. I never go more than a couple weeks without asking something hockey. Uh, so here you go. Who is the Pittsburgh Penguins all-time leader in career assists during the postseason? Who is the Pittsburgh Penguins? Postseason. <clears throat> All-time leader in career assists during the postseason. See, this is one of those, if you're asking me, there's a reason why. So I'm going to go with the and the unlikely answer of Sidney Crosby. You're absolutely right. Because I think everyone now, will lean towards Lemieux sure. or, or he just Yager. Passed, he just passed but Lemieux. But he just passed Lemieux. So, I mean, it, it makes sense because the Penguins have been very, very active in the postseason lately. And, uh, you know, certainly Crosby is... Everything he was labeled to be when he came into the league. Very few times do that does that hype work out like in the, you know, luck, LeBron, Crosby, like luck still has to win some championships, but it just doesn't work out uh, very frequently. And at least did with those guys. So certainly with LeBron, speaking of LeBron, yep. Boy, have you ever been less excited in this round of the, you know, I had a little bit of interest in Washington and Boston that got, you know, it's interested in who's going to get swept. How about this though? This was so great. I'm more interested in Boston getting the number one pick. Right. And you know what's great? They got the number one pick because they traded who for who. You know how they acquired that number one pick? Uh, was it? I'm sure it was the Brooklyn Nets that did yeah. something wrong. Yeah, the Brooklyn Nets traded for Paul Pierce. So Paul right. Pierce's last gasp was to get two number ones from the Nets this year and next year with no protections. Now, oh normally, folks, normally, folks, when you have a competent GM, you put in protections, which basically say you'll get the number one provided. As long as it's not the number one, pick one or two, two or three, three. Right. anything beyond that. The Lakers had a trade on the table uh, where if it was beyond the top three, they would have lost that pick this year. But be- they right. got the number and this two is pick, a rare year it. where there's a lot of good players. Right. So you, you know, actually the top five, top six could be. Very good. So Paul Pierce tweeted last night, like, uh, I got you all a present on my way out. Number one overall pick in the draft. Like, oh, laugh, he'll be laugh, cheered laugh, laugh, in laugh. Boston. When oh, he shows up. I mean, he gave, not only one of the best players Jersey, in the two of the most mediocre years of not accomplishing anything except collecting a huge paycheck that I have ever well, seen. Well, it's funny because if that's you, just not how you build the team, folks. I think not we've talked about it. this before, but if Bill Pelichek calls, don't answer the phone. Right. If who's ever running the Nets call. Answer the phone. Answer the phone. Right. If that guy has an idea, <laughs> talk to him. Talk to him. You might you, you might be getting something pretty good. So talk to him. Um, uh, the there was one other thing that I had from sports, which was did you see who gets the cover of Madden? We were talking about over unders on the other uh, fantasy draft review podcast as part of it. Did you see who got the cover of Madden? The oldest player ever ever to appear on the cover of Madden that is will correct. be. A man who does not believe in jinxes. Or age. 
Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady. The GOAT edition of Madden 2018 will fe- feature Tom Brady as the cover person. So that – there's a lot telling me. There was this report today that he had a concussion last year and that it wasn't reported. I'm just getting all these vibes. I'm getting all these vibes. He wants to say Well, did that you see the uh, announcement that he made? Was it on Facebook or Twitter where he said there's no such thing as curses? Of course. And then he broke, went on to break a mirror, walk under a ladder. <laughs> just whatever. All right. It's, Tempting he, uh, fate. He made a deal with the devil a long time ago, so he knows oh, he's— Oh, is that what it is? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he's Are you got, kidding? This, this he's is, got it in his back pocket. There's no question. I assume George Burns and him have you know routine conversations about what's to come. So um, I had an interesting thing. You want to talk about real tough people because this, Tom Brady is football tough, but this guy is real tough. Uh, I know you're going to get the answer to this, but it's just something I wanted to get out there. It's one of those great quizzo uh, tidbits that I think needs to be in the public every year, no matter what. But in 1912, what former U.S. president gave a speech in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, immediately after he was shot? <laughs> right. It was Teddy Roosevelt. That's right. That is a tough man. That is a t- he gave a full speech after he was shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know all the details of that. I just remember hearing that story. But, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's uh, that's a that's a tough. I guy. mean, did the bullet go right through, or was I, it? You know, obviously, didn't do enough damage to keep him from giving us an important speech to the citizens of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. But like, I assume there was some drinking going on because it is Milwaukee and it's Roosevelt, and he did get shot. So there's probably yeah. A that's way one to... of like the great tough guy stories. We've got to put put together a list of the wimpiest stories, right? Like guys who have missed games because of. Oh, Hangnails. Absolutely. Or... Like, uh, there was a player on the New York Yankees named Henry Cotto. I don't know if that name rings a bell, but it was during the no. 80s. He was an outfielder. And uh, he put himself on the uh, DL because he pierced his eardrum cleaning out his ear with a Q-tip uh, while he was on the bench. Right. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Stories like that. Right. Yeah. Like, how, do you, how do you pull that off? But he did. So... Um, what else you got in geography history for me? That was my one thing this week because I figured we'd be all top right. heavy on geography all the other stuff. Geography history, switch gears here. Yep, yep. I do have so, tons. Uh, of, I have tons of entertainment, music, lots of of stuff in that world. So this jumped out at me from a, a clip you played last week. We were talking about the movie Trading Places mm-hmm. and great scene where Ackroyd's talking about his watch <laughs> and it could tell time simultaneously in London, Chicago, New York. Monaco and Stad and Stad. Okay, so here you go. Here you go. Well, right. Where is Stad is the obvious, right? That's right. the obvious. Sure. I'm going to go with this. What letter does Stad begin with? <laughs> A Z? No. <laughs> S. It begins with the letter G. Oh my God, that's fantastic! <laughs> is it in Austria? It's in Switzerland. Switzerland. Okay, there you go. And so a, a little research. Letter G. Did you say the letter G? Yeah, it's spelled uh, with a G. Oh, G S T A A D. Stad. And it is a ski resort. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, amongst the high society jet set. Uh, yeah, types. Yeah, so that's how it made it. So, there in you, there. so that's the Aspen of Switzerland, is what you're saying. Exactly. Stod. Stod, folks. That's <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Oh, man. I love Dan Aykroyd. He is, he is legendary. You know, it'll be wonderful one day if we go from, you know, Steve Bruner, who's like a personal hero to me, but like as far as millions of people knowing his name, probably not, but to like getting a, a Dan Aykroyd to be on this uh, show and talk about Stod. Uh, I, that know, is really is the it, one that is that, like that a, line, Is that a you know? fantasy, uh, oh. or, or is that going to happen? Well, Aykroyd might out? be because he does not do a lot of no, He was awesome on Stern, though. He was fantastic, the, the interview he did do. But, yeah, I mean, I just want him to say Stad. I don't even Did really... he ever do any interviews with Art Bell? 
because Art Bell definitely that's, that's uh, one of my heroes. But I yeah, remember yeah. Aykroyd was I love very Art Bell. Does into... he do anything anymore? Is he on? No, nah, I haven't heard him in, in years. years. Yeah, yeah. They have that guy that took it over. I haven't heard yeah, that George show Norman. Yeah, George Norman. He's great. I mean, Norrie's fantastic. Yeah, the problem with that thing was it was like none of the stuff ever manifested. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like you would hear these things and they're like, this is going to happen. This is coming. In 2005, this whole thing is going to happen. You have to – not one of those things that I ever heard on that show ever happened. Hmm. Like it was just – there was no thing that I could point to where I was like, man, they were really right about that thing. Like I yeah. Just, it, it was all like, you know, very, very weird stuff. It but wasn't the, even – it was more like moment to moment. Like they could keep you interested in that very night. Not as much just like, oh, this is going to happen in the future, but sure. they would have a guest and you're talking and then you go into commercial, it'd be a 15-minute commercial, but you had to sit there and keep listening because you know, you had to hear what was next. I don't know. Those guys fascinated me. All right. So I'm, you know, we're going to ask this uh, in Quizzo a different way, but as far as um, this goes, uh, this is a great one. We're going to transition from geography history, unless you have anything wait, wait. else. You yeah, got no, anything else? You right. can't leave me just yet here. No, no, no. Let's, we'll, we'll keep rolling with geography history. Before we get to entertainment, folks, it's coming, though. It's coming. All right, so you probably saw there was a recent election in France that got a lot of sure publicity here of in the course. states. We, we have, we have uh, Manuel Macron, right? Is yeah, okay, right? you know the guy. Yeah, Beautiful, yeah. you even pronounce sure, sure. his name perfectly. Thank you. All right, so you should be ready for this question, then. okay? And it's multiple choice, okay? Which people who know me know my games. I'm not a huge fan of multiple choice. I only use it when I need to. Right. We have one team that plays my show at Vagabond in Atlantic City that. This guy hates multiple choice. He's like, Drew, what are you doing to me with these multiple choice? You just eat, like, yeah, I mean, you hardly was, ever see much right, of it. Right, but I was explaining I, I how, like, sometimes, it. sometimes it's good in a sports round to give people a fighting chance if that's not their thing. There's reasons to have it. So yeah, perfect I example. Say. I asked a question uh, this week about the tallest bird, the sure. tallest bird that can fly. Sure, crane. The answer is crane. Right. If I had it over again, I probably should have gone multiple choice because there's just so many bur- between albatross. Yeah, yeah, it very... that has the largest wingspan, right, right, and right. the can flamingos fly. Right. You know, like there's, <laughs> so, I, you know, it wasn't worth it. I should have probably narrowed it down to multiple choice. But Maraxes, you know, Valar dragons, various things. Like but here's that. some multiple choice Go about the new uh, president of France. Okay. Okay. What best describes Emmanuel? Macron. 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 What most accurately, accurately describes his wife? Okay. Multiple choice. I know the answer to it. She was his personal trainer. <clears throat> she was his doctor. <clears throat> or his high school teacher. <laughs> <laughs> 25 wow. years older, I think, or 24 It's 24 years, years and yeah. eight months his senior. Yep, yep. Uh, he's married to... It's uh, happened. It happened in... in yeah, my... I wasn't surprised to see her because she's 64 years old. I mean, that seems like a normal age for a first lady of somewhere, but... Uh, sure, but he's, he's only 39. Four, he's 40 years old, yeah. so... He's the youngest uh, president. He's the youngest head of France since who, Nick? The youngest head of France since who? We talking... Kings and stuff? Yeah, we're talking like any head of France. I would say Louis the Fourteenth. Napoleon. Okay. <laughs> Napoleon was in his thirties. Yep. All right. So I mean if you t- I guess you take away kings because uh kings are born into it, so that's not a you know I, right. I don't know the Well if would... it's the youngest person since though, if Napoleon right. was in his thirties, then sure, he sure, was sure. younger than yeah, so again they get it replaced by Mark. All right. Uh you got anything else in geography history? Uh I mean I got stuff, but for sake of time. You want to move on? No, nah, I mean, it's fine. All right, we're, we're, yeah, we're throw, in France, throw okay? There. All right, yeah. we're in France. Yep, yep. Uh, 
Does the name of Francois-Marie Arouet Francois mean anything to you? Does not. It means less than nothing. Sorry. Does, Sorry, uh, Francois. Th- does the name Voltaire mean anything to yes. you? Yes. All right, same guy. No way. Yes. yes. Ah, he so actually uh, changed his name uh, while he was in what prison? Oh, okay. So, so in other the, words... The Bastille. Right. Francois-Marie Arouet became Voltaire while spending one year in uh, Bastille. I like it. Yeah, very interesting. Back yeah, well, in 1717, uh, one, one of my favorite things we talk about on Bastille Day was how many prisoners were actually actually actually, actually there. <clears throat> Let's start that again. How many prisoners were actually there at the storming of the Bastille? That would be seven. <laughs> there were seven prisoners released from the storming of the Bastille. It's like you know, you know, he was actually buddies with Ben Franklin. Voltaire? Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, Voltaire was one of the early guys who was all about free speech, freedom of religion, separation of church and state. That's what landed him in jail. Sure. Yeah, he was imagine. an enemy of the, the Catholic Church. The church was probably not a big fan of that, that but, premise. But uh, a month before he died, uh, Ben Franklin actually got him to be a Freemason. Oh. Well, he's on that list of famous uh, that's, Freemasons. That's fantastic. When, uh, when Nick and I lived in Philadelphia for a spell, um, this was in 2000, uh, the realtor who uh, gave us our apartment told us that Ben Franklin used to keep a concubine in it. Um, <laughs> I had to look up day, what concubine we, was. Right, but. Yeah, but we were we lived on you know Fifth and Spruce, and it was really in the heart of Society Hill in that old town there, right in the heart of that John uh, Barry statue. Remember? Mm-hmm. Um, so interesting stuff. All right, I have great stuff for entertainment, and this was fantastic to me because you know Nick and I, as fans of pop culture, have, have often pointed to. Um, John Hine, who is uh, the proprietor of JumpTheShark.com and one of the key components of the Howard Stern Show. He, he does a wrap-up show with Gary Delabate, or Gary Delabate, as everybody else likes to mispronounce his name. Um, Baba Boo, y'all, for those of you who don't know. And um, Jump the Shark basically referred to the moment when a TV show went bad, when it got sour, when it uh, added a kid you know, uh, that uh, when uh, the key character died, any of those moments where you realize that show is never going to be the same and it's not as good moving forward. So my question to you is, have you ever heard of the expression that is the opposite of that? That is the moment when a show goes from being bad to getting good. Wow, good one. I think you got me. I don't think I've heard of this. So it's called Growing the Beard, and it refers to the Star Trek The Next Generation character who... Is like the most stoic uh, first uh, mate yeah, guy. You got me on this. And he, he has uh, a baby face in the first episode of the season. This is Picard, Star Trek. Okay. And in the second epi- the second season, he comes back, and he's got this big, full beard. And, and that show got off to a rough show start. show was terrible the first year, and then after he came back with that beard, it was like, People loved that's it, huh? my first mate. Let's roll. Wow. Growing <laughs> so, the beard. Growing the beard. So that's a, a term that is now in the uh, – it's got its own site and everything. That's uh, the moment you can point to in a TV show when it got good. All right. So now I've got to think of some examples of that. That's right. So if you find your growing the beard moments for shows, tweet it at us at quizopodcast.com or at quizotrivia.com. We'll retweet everything. We really don't care. Um, what do you have for me in entertainment? I got more stuff, but we'll we'll go back. All and right, forth. so this is something I've been holding for a while, but I can't wait any longer because it's just getting too too, too far uh, away from when it happened. But uh, we did lose a great Hollywood director uh, not too long ago, probably about a month now or something like that. But uh, do you remember who directed Silence of the Lambs? 
you know, vaguely, but it's just not going to come to mind fast enough. Okay, so uh, his name is Jonathan Demi. Okay. Okay, so he directed Silence of the Lambs. This got me thinking. Fantastic movie. One of the best suspense movies ever. Absolutely. And one of only three movies. Right. Okay. And I'm going to ask you to name another one. Okay. One of only three movies to do what they call winning the big five at the Academy Awards. Okay. Which is actor, actress, picture, director, and writing. Okay. So whether it's adapted screenplay or original screenplay, screenplay, you can only win for one of those. Okay. To take home the you know five the, the big five, mm-hmm. it's happened uh, two other times in history. Once in 1934, a movie that I doubt is on your radar, eh. but once in uh, the 70s. Once in the 70s. So what's the one in the 70s? Ooh, um, so that's really interesting because I can. It's rare for actor and actress to win sure. together. Sure. Um, that well, happened, I can, uh, I can, I can sort of think of what movies were like really huge powerhouse dramas where like everything kind of worked in that world and it all kind of came together. The only one that's coming to mind—I don't know if it's right—but the only one that comes to mind is Kramer versus Kramer. No, um, so it was uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Wow, 1975. That's crazy. So yeah. it was Nurse uh, Ratchet, Jack was, Nicholson. Wow. So she was Best Actress. Yeah. They see that's that's great trivia right by itself. The fact that Nurse uh, the Act- other movie was uh, and the first to do it in 1934 was called It Happened One Night. Okay, so check it Clark out if you want to see see some great stuff. Oh, Clark Gable, there you go. So yeah. from the 30s, and of course uh, Jodie Foster, Anthony Hopkins, who I believe holds the distinction as being on screen the shortest amount of time. While winning a Best Actor Oscar, Hello, so I'll tell you how Clarice. good that performance was. Oh, there's so much good Silence of the Lambs Demi trivia we've asked over the year. Like uh, the name of the dog. Do you know who wrote Silence of the Lambs? Ooh, that's a good one too. Um, God, no, I'm, I'm, it's not King. It's not Stephen King, right? No, it's uh, Thomas Harris. Nah, I wouldn't have gotten that. Okay, he, he wrote, uh, you know, Last Dragon. Or, what was it? Red Dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Red Dragon, Red Dragon I think. Yeah. Red, right. So he was the developer of Hannibal Lecter. So Thomas Harris. That's good trivia yeah. right there. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's. Uh, do you remember the dog's name that the serial killer kept? These are all things we've asked yeah, over the yeah, years. The Precious. Right? Precious, right? Yeah. It's just so disturbing. Um, all right. Buffalo so, Bill. Buffalo Bill. That was the serial killer. Um, I had a. Uh, a good question that's kind of like its own world of topics. We could talk about these various different. Uh, incarnations of these different groups uh, forever but this one uh see if you can name who this was tom petty roy orbison jeff lynn george harrison bob dylan what did they call themselves the traveling wilburys that's absolutely right so you remember the traveling wilburys i do had a couple of huge hits in of the that 80s. volume one album what do you think about super groups in general are you a fan of these uh, that, these that was probably projects? my favorite one without thinking about it much i mean you know cream is considered a super group right sure and, like, do you like when, uh, you know, guys like Chris Robinson go tour with Jimmy Page, uh, you know, uh, stuff like that, where it's mm, these kind do of, like... I like that? Hmm. Is that <sighs> stuff that you feel, like, keeps the, the genre alive, keeps the, you know, oh, man, the history of that alive, or is just I've never not really worth... thought about it before. One of the best supergroups I ever remember seeing was, uh, what's that one that's down in uh, Tennessee? Bonnaroo. We were at Bonnaroo, and uh, what was that? It was, like, Derek Trucks... Um, so it was like a jam supergroup. Yeah, Robert Randolph. Oh man, I can't think of what they were called. They were awesome. So yeah, I guess I could, I 
in guess certain I could circumstances. See it in circumstances, but see, um, I'm, a, I'm not something that typically I seek out or I'm a fan of. For conceptually speaking, I'm a huge fan of music, musical collaboration. I love seeing unique stuff develop. You know, the Allman Brothers are kind of their own super group at this point because they've put together so many different components. I I got the best Allman Brothers story ever from the Chris Robinson interview with Stern this week. So Chris and his brother were hanging out, and and, uh, Warren Haynes was showing them backstage, uh, taking them around after an Allman Brothers show. And um, they watched, like, from a corridor, Greg Allman combing his hair, right? combing it, combing it, combing it, combing his hair over and over again. And they knew he was going to have to walk right past him to get out there. So uh, eventually Greg Allman gets out of his chair, comes in front uh, of him more and goes, hey, uh, Greg, uh, these are these are the brothers uh, from the Black Crows, man. And uh, he looks at him dead in the face and goes, who gives a bleep? <laughs> and, he keeps, and keeps walking. <laughs> and uh, Stern was well, like. he had low blood sugar that yeah, day. Stern was like, and did that bother? He's like, Greg Robinson. Or, uh, he was like, no, that's the greatest thing ever. He's like, that's exactly <laughs> what I wanted him to do. He's like, I would have been destroyed if he was like, oh, how you doing, guys? It's like, no, man, that guy was rock and roll. So it's a fantastic story. Um, so super groups are something you want to keep a uh, keep a lookout, keep a lookout for. So, yeah, I'm trying um, to think of other supergroups that I'd be a fan of, but I mean, uh, we we saw uh, Trey play with the Dead. Yeah, you know John Mayer <laughs> with the Dead. Yeah, uh, Robinson's not a fan of that. <laughs> you know, of uh, with, with, uh, John Mayer, Mayer John Mayer, John Mayer, and like, cause he plays with Lesh. You know, he plays with Phil Lesh, so it's almost like those right. two different factions of it. And uh, he's not, you know, he's not a fan of John Mayer. So you, it's definitely worth it's checking he's that interview out. Probably competing out. for the same babes. <laughs> well, he you know he was married to Kate Hudson, so right. That's, uh, I mean, that's uh, pretty impressive. Um, I did have something that was general knowledge that I forgot to get to. That uh, you know, I don't know if you want me to just throw it in here yeah, at the end go. here if you got this, but um, this I found absolutely fascinating. You know, we talk about um, the uniqueness of brothers doing stuff in the same family. That's uh, uh, that's both incredible, and you have like you know examples like the Manning brothers and various other sports right. uh, sports brother incarnations. I'm surprised but, the Manning brothers are the only brothers. That have competed against each other, sure, as starting quarterbacks in the NFL, you'd think that would happen more often. It just I mean, doesn't. We've had brothers who have all been in the same outfield at the yeah. same time. The I lose, right? Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and right now you still have Matt Sims hanging on, and Chris Sims is an analyst, but you know those are two Sims kids that were in the league. It's hard to do. You know, being a professional quarterback, being a good professional quarterback. Tim and Matt Hasselback, right? There's yeah, Tim, exactly. There's eight of them, right? There's like a, there's twenty something plus average ones, and then there's like eight oh, the great ones. ones. Right, and at any given time in history, for like ten years at a time, there's eight. <laughs> so it's yeah. one of the, it's one of the hardest things in the world to do. And I think people tend to be like, if you didn't have a Hall of Fame career or a very successful career, you were garbage. But you know, truth is, a lot of these guys, at least to get to the level of the NFL, like a Matt Sims, had to be huge stars in high school, huge stars in college, field all that pressure, go through all those tryouts, and stick on an NFL team. It's rough stuff. It's not easy stuff. But um, what are the odds of brothers? Starting competing giants of companies against each other. Hmm. Because this happened, and this is something that uh, it was a story that I couldn't believe. I didn't know anything All right. about. Let me. Let me. Is, are they in the shoe business? Yeah. Yeah, I know this. They story. are. They are. They are in the shoe business. So it ties uh, right Adidas. In. You're right. Yeah. So so one uh, so one brother is Adolf Dassler, and he's the founder of Adidas Footwear. And he had a brother named Rudolf Dassler who founded what company? Hmm. I knew they were. I knew they were at Adidas together. What did he go on to start? Converse. 
Puma. Puma. Dang. So the owner, the founders of Adidas and Puma were two brothers. Yep. Which, I mean, uh, what are the odds of that happening? And especially two companies that have stood the test of time like that, which I think is uh, pretty impressive. What else do you Did have? they start Adidas together and then the one broke off? Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't have the entire dynamics of the uh, Dassler family history. Yeah. But generally speaking, when that kind of thing happens, it wasn't good vibes that got it. I mean, <laughs> it really was, you know, the Chris, the the Black Crows uh, story of the Robinson brothers breaking up that kind of got me thinking about that. Uh, oh, the greatest is the Gallagher brothers. Oh, jeez. From Oasis, from they Oasis, just can't they stand each. hate each other. Like, you know what the best Such was? Great uh, band. They I toured, love those guys. The Black Crows and Oasis toured together. And supposedly the story is the brothers during that whole tour were all on their best behavior 100% of the time because they had heard of the insanity of the other, other pairing <laughs> right. of brothers. So yeah. they're like, we don't want to be the... Yeah, nothing more tense than being in a room <laughs> with, uh, what is it, Noel and Liam? Oh, my God. Those guys don't move on stage, which I always thought was, uh, you know, it's, it's like... I saw them once live at the Tower Theater, probably uh, 95, something like that. That was at their height. And uh, I was with my buddy Leon, and uh, they get done, and I look at him, and I'm like, that was one of the best sets of music I ever saw. He's like, set? Dude, it's over. (laughs) (laughs) That's it? (laughs) It's like an hour and 30 minutes. That's all they could take on stage of each other. Do you remember where we saw the Black Crows? Where we saw the Black Crows? Yeah. We saw a great great Black Crows Uh, concert. Man, I've, I've seen them a few times, so I'm trying to specifically where and when. Um, Syracuse, New York is the stage I'll set you. All right, was it at the Landmark? It was. Yeah. The landmark. Okay. And remember, I knew that was one of the times. Do you remember who opened up for him? Who opened up for him? No. This God is... Street Wine. Oh, wow. Love God Street Wine. Yep, one of our all-time favorite jam bands from back in the day. So shout out to GSW fans if you're out there. All right. Um, that is all I had for you. Do you have anything else before we get out of here for today's uh, Quizzo podcast? Yeah, I got a ton here, but let's just... Uh, well, here's a quick true or false. Catherine Hepburn was Audrey Hepburn's older sister. True or false? Catherine Hepburn was Audrey Hepburn's older sister. False. Okay. Younger? They're not related. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Yeah, actually, I mean, uh, Catherine Hepburn would be 20 years older than Audrey, so... The the age isn't close, but wow. the fact that they're not related at all. Huh. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. I was surprised to see that. I always thought they were sisters. Yeah, I did too. I think everybody thinks that. But, well, I know who's not brothers, Warren and Jimmy Buffett. That, that I can guarantee you. Those <laughs> no. those two are not brothers. No. That's one that's one of our favorite <laughs> stories from Quizzo in the past is uh, an old trivia writer writing. Oh, I gotta give you this before we go because yeah, sure, sure. This, this just hits home for you. Um when it comes to uh Delis, me and you have a long history of enjoying delis together. So here's one for you. The famous scene. All right, When Harry Met Sally, a movie I know you love. Absolutely. Okay, the Meg Ryan fake orgasm scene. Sure. Where did it take place? The Carnegie Deli. Nope. No? Nope. The Second Avenue Deli? Right city, wrong deli. Uh, well, obviously the right city. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Now, what, what was the deli? Katz's. Katz's. Okay, there you go. Carnegie Deli's out of business now. Yeah, Not I there saw anymore. that. It's amazing. It and now Katz's like Deli, this is what actually got me thinking about this. They're doing mail order. Hmm. So you could 
buy a sandwich. I could get some corned six beef. Six-inch stack sandwich and get it delivered from Katz's Deli. I, th- I think so, I might be – I think I know what I'm doing. How, can best. I get it here in an hour? I mean, here's the problem. You've got these great New York delis. The land is worth so much money. They're selling these sandwiches for $35. You can't, you can't keep up. But you can't keep up with the price of the, of the yeah, land. No. So Everything's They're Starbucks. building these beautiful condos and – there's you no know, space on top for it. of this, right? So that's hard. Let's keep cats in business. So there's, you know, corn beef. Absolutely. Give me something else. We'll, we'll do one more thing, even though we're running a little bit late. It was, it's, it's a spirited show, and it's all uh, right. Uh, yeah. So you want to go with? Uh, oh, this is a tough one. No, oh, I like a tough, tough one here. Yeah, yeah. What do you got? All right. Great collaborators together here: Scorsese and De Niro. Of course. And some of the great movies of all time. Come from the two of them working together. No question. What was their first collaboration? Scorsese and De Niro's first collaboration, Raging Bull. Okay, that's what I would have said. I think that's would be the obvious answer, but it's wrong. Ooh, interesting. They did a movie called Mean Streets together. Yeah, see, did not know that. Raging yeah. Bull was the first, I think, probably successful one that you right. recognize. But but right. just a reminder, people go out and check this out yeah, because mean it's Streets. De Niro and Scorsese and Mean Streets uh, predates. Raging Bull. Um, Something a little easier here. Maybe best animated series at the Emmys in 2016. Now, I'm surprised to see this. This is something that's never crossed my radar. You know, best animated series at the Emmys in 2016. What won best animated series? Hmm. That's interesting. I have no idea. I feel like I'm out because there's so so much streaming content that I I assume it's All right, so it's on FX. Okay, so that's reasonable. But, uh, no, I wouldn't. I have no idea. All right, I'll give you one more clue. It's a James Bond spoof. Oh, Archer. Archer. Yeah. You got it. So uh, I've had <laughs people telling yeah, me yeah. about Archer. Archer's funny. I've never seen it. Yeah, it's, you know. So maybe I'll check it out. It, it's it's one of those things where it's like such inside jokes at this point. You kind of got to start at the beginning and yeah. then like let it. Let, let I it. feel like at this point in time, I don't even start a show unless I'm starting it from the beginning. Like unless I have access to it from the beginning. It makes sense. That, yeah, yeah. Archer, Archer's good stuff there. All right. So that was it for today's Quizzo Trivia Podcast, everybody. For Nick, I am Drew. We will see you back here next week. Be safe, everybody. Have a good one. This has been the Quizzo Trivia Podcast. Visit us online at quizzopodcast.com for more information. I am happy. I'm feeling glad I got sunshine. In a bag, I'm useless. But not for long, the future is coming on. I am happy. Feeling glad I got sunshine In a bag I'm useless But not for long The future is coming on It's coming on It's coming on on. Hey, laser lips Your mama was a snowblower Oh, this is your wife Oh, a lovely lady Hey, baby, you're all right You must have been something before electricity, huh? You play ball like a girl! All right, to call you stupid would be an insult to stupid people! And it looks to me like the best part of you ran down to cracking your mama's and ended up with the brown stain on the mattress! You are a sad, strange little man. You have my pity. Look up idiot in the dictionary, you know what you'll find? Picture me? No! The definition of the word idiot, which you are! Shot. In a bag, I'm useless. Not
Yeah. <laughs>